yeah, I almost want to talk about the Denver Phoenix series a little bit, like preview that one because that one starts tomorrow. So like, yeah, that'll be you fresh. Know, that's smart, right? Yeah, that'll we be talked about that'll that last be... night. That's right, we talked about that last night. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you had mentioned that, and uh, so I think we should definitely talk about that one. And then, I mean, we I think we unfortunately have to leave Clippers Mavs alone. I mean, it's just we don't yeah, know gonna what's be... going to happen. It's a game seven. Like if we can acknowledge that 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 mm-hmm. hasn't happened yet. We really don't have to talk. I mean, we want to talk about the Lakers. We don't have to. I mean, even though I think uh, Jason Kidd is probably going to be their new head coach, but um, mm. there's no way he turns down that Portland job. There's no way. He just did. He just unless, did. That's no, what I'm I know, saying, but Jacob, because unless be the there's another head coach, unless he wants Orlando or Boston. See, I, I think Boston. You know, what if he's got designs on one of those jobs? And, Why on earth and, would Brad Stevens in Boston hire Jason Kidd? I don't know, man. I'd hire him. <laughs> well, we know you would, but dude, LeBron loves Kidd. Yeah. Like, he just flamed out. Like, I'm just saying, man. I just don't I, – personally, I don't blame Vogel no. for what happened with them. Like, I mean, no. what what could he have done that much better, like, in terms of game plan adjustments? Like, he was kind of limited in what – he could do between obviously ad's injury lebron not being 100 percent like and just some of the guys they brought in like not living up to their expectations like schroeder and harold i'm like like, i'm gonna go on this rant here pretty like i'm so sick and tired of all these fan bases just blaming coaches for everything like dude players gotta fucking show up and play like we we it's just like even um i know uh and maybe like for a guy like Terry Stotts, I mean, he's been there for what almost ten years. Like, yeah, dude, I I, I understand that. Like, dude, in that in that Dame game, when him and Jokic were going back and forth, like no one else on Portland could hit shots. Like, what do you want the guy to do? Yeah. Like CJ McCollum steps yeah. out of bounds. Like, it's just like I'm just it's just fucking annoying. Like I, it, people here like hate Budenholzer, and I'm like, why? What do you what do you want him yeah. to do, dude? It's not his fault. The team fucking shot seventeen percent from the dude. Three. It's Again, like, this this there's no nobody is safe from that kind of treatment. It's like it's, the it's Celtics crazy. have one bad season and everybody fucking hates Brad and now he's not mm-hmm. the coach anymore. Uh mm-hmm. if Philly loses this series, it the Philly fans are gonna hate Doc. Like there nobody is safe, man. Like honestly, it, it's wild. You know, if the Clippers lose today, you know, in game seven here, um, it's gonna be Ty Lu this, Ty Lu that. And it's like I don't know, man. I, I just think it's I think it's unfair. With Stotts, like you said, he had been there for so long and they've been, you know, slightly above mediocre for that whole time. You know, yeah. playoff, a playoff team. Mm-hmm. You no, know, as well, we like, talked about. I don't I don't buy the but, notion though either. Like, you know, they were talking shit about Neil O'Shea as well. Like, oh well, they gotta trade CJ. They gotta trade CJ. Well, the fucking the, the best player on the team doesn't want them to trade CJ. Like mm-hmm. you gotta keep him happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like wh- what the fuck do you, you guys? It, I don't know, man. Yeah. I just think it, it's people always look for someone to blame when shit doesn't work out. And sometimes, dude, actually, all the time, the other team's just better. Like yeah, blame the players. For a better team. Like I, I like I know we we were we we talked about it on a preview pod. I said Nuggets are gonna win in six. Like Denver is the better team. They're they're going to win. Yeah. Like they have the MVP. It's just they're a better team. Yeah, they were a better team. Yeah, they were. They, they were. were. And I mean, I thought, you know, I'm a Blazers fan, but I thought that even after Jamal Murray went down, I thought the Nuggets were still a really good team. And I would have told you then that they're better than the Blazers. Like, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, of course, I'm pulling for the Blazers. I, I I got a little too optimistic and picked the Blazers. But, like, I'm not surprised that the Nuggets won. Now, this next round, this is going to be tough. 
I don't know if you guys want to just talk about that a little bit. I think that that's one of the most compelling series of this whole thing in my mind. Uh, it's going to be fun. Well, you, but, want, uh, you guys. Well, here let's just let's just go right into it right away. We'll go into let's go into Phoenix, uh, Denver right away then, and then we'll talk. About, we can talk about um, Milwaukee and Brooklyn then as well because I mean that's kind of. I think that's pretty yeah. solid. Like if we were going to focus on two second round series, just because obviously Phoenix Denver will be happening the, the evening, you know, after this is released. And then when is game two is game two also on Monday for, two, for your boys. Yeah, Tomorrow's going to be an awesome. Night so those will be the two. So for people yeah. listening Monday morning, those will be the games. They're kind of looking forward to that. Exactly. Night. Exactly. Yeah. Is there any other games on Monday? Just those two. Okay. Well, I think we can talk about some other shit, but I think that's a pretty good place to focus. All right. Cool. Um, yeah. Then we can round up the other series just to, you know, because then we we don't we can't really talk about Clippers Dallas. Not at all. But we can talk about like Utah looks good, I think, you know. Let's let's get into it right away. I mean, like what do you guys think? I mean, obviously we're gonna talk about Brooklyn and Milwaukee here in a little bit, but to me the the, the matchup that I'm looking forward to the most is Denver Phoenix. I mean, I think that has so mm-hmm. many different potential you know we saw Devin Booker just you know rip the heart out of the Lakers in that game six Mm -hmm. it's just uh I think it's going to be a really really fun series so Jacob it it, we'll we'll start with you we know uh you know you're a huge huge Denver Nuggets fan I mean what do you see as the keys in this series (laughs) such a huge Denver Nuggets fan I picked against them in round one you did you did you did you did I did too you didn't you were you were there you were uh you know, you've been riding on Jokic as the MVP all year, but then at the last second, you, you flipped. You made a face I got, turn. I think I got one first-round series. Oh, no. Well, the Lakers, but I got the Knicks-Hawks. That was the only one that I really, really got wrong. I'm not counting the, the Lakers-Suns one because I didn't see AD fucking tearing his groin or whatever he did. Yeah. But what what do, what do you think the keys are, though, Jacob? I mean, you know, there's, there's no Jamal Murray. We talked about a couple weeks ago on the preview pod. You know, mm-hmm. Denver really doesn't have – you know, a wing that can defend. We don't know the status yeah. of, of Chris Paul. I mean, obviously he's going to play, but, you know, is he 100%? Is he 80%? Is he 50%? He, he kind of seems, hopefully this time off, he'll be he'll be as healthy as he can be. But what are your keys to, to this series? And ultimately, who do you think wins? My key, my key matchup is Jokic versus Aiton. Because Aiton really stifled... Ed Drummond and AD when when AD seemed to be disengaged he was Aiton was just eating him for breakfast I'm worried that especially in the post Jokic isn't going to be able to stop Aiton Aiton is too big and too physical just too quick and too strong for Jokic but can he slow Jokic down on the other end because I don't think anyone else is really stopping anyone like Denver does not have the guards or the wings to stop Booker or to stop Chris Paul but at the same time, I don't think Phoenix has really has anyone to stop Michael Porter Jr. So, like, Michael Bridges is maybe the closest they come. Or Jay, you can't really put Jay Crowder on him because MPJ is just, he stretches the defense too thin to really, for Jay Crowder to really chase him that far out. This series, out of all three that we know of the second round series, this is the one that's most, like, mysterious to me. This is the one where I'm like, fuck, both these teams have loads of good players. I have no idea which way this series is going to go. Like I have this right now, just for listeners, I have this Denver in seven. But that just tells me, like, 
if I say it's going seven games, that means I have no fucking clue what's going to happen. <laughs> and I'm well, just I'm just riding with whoever I want. I like it. and Brett. I mean, so. we all know that you uh, you know, you you've been on Phoenix for a while now. I mean, you've been kind of telling us how good you know Devin Booker is, and and you know how these these guys they're a really fun team to watch. And I, I'm hoping that people that the casual NBA fan saw that when they played the Lakers, like they're a really fun team to root for. Uh, and I think like I'm I'm really happy for Chris Paul too. Uh, granted, I want to see him get to you know the Western Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals. Like, I, I really, really hope he's healthy. But what are some of the keys for Phoenix that they need to kind of focus on in this series coming up? Well, I think the big one, and to sort of touch on what Jacob was saying, is the, the Aiton-Jokic thing, and namely Aiton not getting in foul trouble. Phoenix has sort of a similar problem to what Portland has in that they really only have one center that can even remotely defend Jokic. And we all saw what happened when Nurkic got in foul trouble, which was pretty much every game of the series. Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got to put Cantor on him or try to go real small with like Covington or Carmelo on him. And it's obviously like we all saw what happened. Um, I thought when Nurkic was on the floor, he did a pretty good job on Jokic. And I think when Aiton's on the floor, he's going to do a pretty good job on Jokic. I mean, I think pretty good is kind of the best you can hope for when you're going against Jokic. I think in that matchup, it's it's interesting. Like, so Aiton, first of all, is not as foul prone as Nurkic. Like on the regular season, Nurkic averaged uh, oh, more than four fouls per 36 minutes. I think Aiton is just a shade over three. So like he's not as foul prone to begin with. And I mean, I like I like Nurkic against Jokic. I think he's a little bit better equipped to defend him just because of like his his bulk and everything. But Aiton's got length and quickness. And I think I think his ability to sort of move his feet and uh and so it uses length to his advantage more than his bulk on defense is going to lend itself to like him not getting in foul trouble the way that Nurkic did uh so that's going to be a key because if Aiton gets if if Jokic can get uh Aiton in foul trouble like the Suns are in trouble because when that happens there's no stopping that dude um uh, so Aiton so Aiton's got to stay on the floor I think that's that's really a big key. And and yeah, man, I think Mikhail Bridges is, is going to be the guy, you know, that that's on MPJ and that's going to be a really fun matchup between two of my favorite young players. And then the, uh, the other thing I'm going to be looking at in this series is the pace. So when you, I don't know if this is the same with you guys, but when you just think about Denver Phoenix, like you think of this like high octane, fast paced series and these two like incredible offensive teams, and they are both very good offensive teams, but I think Phoenix was 26th in the league in pace this season and Denver was 27th. So they're actually two of the slowest paced teams in the league. And um, it'll be interesting to see if one of them speeds things up and try to use that to their advantage. You know, it'd probably be Phoenix would be the team to do it. But it's like, how fast are they are they willing to go to try to to throw off Denver? So that I'm going to be watching the pace, too. Is this a because I think in a slow paced series, I think Denver probably has the advantage. But if things pick up, I like Phoenix. And I like Phoenix overall in this series. I'm going to pick Phoenix in six. Ooh. I would actually probably pick him in fewer, but I know that Jokic is going to have a couple games where he just, um, when he, you know, when he's at a certain level, they're, they're just not going to lose. And I think he probably has a couple of those games, but, uh, but I'm going to pick Phoenix in six in this one. Oh, I like it. I just yeah. want to touch on something real quick for you guys too. I mean, granted, I know, you know, the, the, the other first round series, they weren't, you know, defensive juggernauts, but just <laughs> And shout out to Michael Porter Jr. in in that in that Portland series, Jokic averaged thirty five minutes a game, and he averaged thirty three points, ten rebounds, five assists, and he shot fifty three percent from the field and forty three percent from three. 
Dude, and Michael Porter Jr., he uh he averaged 34 minutes a game. He was almost just a shade under 19 points a game. He averaged 54% from the field and 42% from three. Like, dude, <laughs> like that is just goofy numbers. And then you go around and you look at Phoenix, and you'll love this one, Jacob. Uh DeAndre Ayton averaged or I'm sorry, he 36 minutes a game. He averaged just under 16 points a game. His field goal percentage, what do you think it was, Jacob? I know it was something ridiculous. I know he had like a um a 70% true shooting or something like that. It was something ridiculous, like 75% true shooting. There's 70 79.6% from the field he averaged in that Laker series. My God. My <laughs> like, God. Okay. This is, this is this is the other side of it too in the Denver series, right? Is like that's gonna be a problem for Denver. Is Ayton's Ayton's mm-hmm. vertical spacing, Ayton's lob catching ability, like the Lakers at least had some guys that can sort of disrupt that that pass that Paul you know wants to make to him. The Nuggets do not. It's obviously not going to be Jokic. Um, maybe Aaron Gordon, like MPJ, like who's gonna that? I've talked about this so much, but that I, little triangle of of Booker, Paul, and uh, and Aiton in that spread pick and roll is so lethal. And it just if Chris is is healthy, which is another big factor in the series, I'm assuming he will be. But his, you know, being able to either hit that mid range or throw the lob to Aiton and, and just making the defense putting them in an impossible spot there. Like the only way a defense can really beat that is to have a guy like AD, um, mm-hmm. someone like that that's like long enough and mobile enough to disrupt that potential lob. Um, and Denver doesn't have that guy, so it's like I feel like Aiton's going to be dunking all over them uh, i know he had a couple big games against them this season like that's just a brutal matchup for for Jokic um or for denver as a as a whole so i i think we're gonna see more of that from eight and I, I think he averaged 15 points a game against the lakers uh i'm gonna go ahead and guess that he's gonna average over 20 against denver uh because you know he's gonna get whatever he wants at the rim and uh I just think Chris is gonna is gonna pick them apart, man. I, I just don't think they're equipped to defend this Suns team. Man, I'm I'm hoping. Yeah, I, think it, I, I really hope he's healthy. I think it, it depends. It ultimately, can Jokic do enough? Is he savvy enough on the offensive end to get Aiton in foul trouble early and get him out of the game? Because mm-hmm. if he can do that, like you say, this series is probably gonna be over. Unless Booker CP3 can throw in some heroics, like another 47-point game, which I think Booker will go off in this series because they don't really have anyone who can guard him at that size. Like They might throw Aaron Gordon on him, but like you say, yeah. if Aaron Gordon is just running around the court trying to put out fires all over the place, he's going to, you know, some things, some shit's going to burn. If, AG, if Gordon is trying to do that, they're going to have to pick their poison. I think they probably do stick him on Booker because they don't really have anyone else. They have to. to yeah, they yeah. don't really have anyone to guard him. So it just comes down to Jokic, you know, put Aiton in foul trouble, you know, get him to pump fake him, get him in the air, try to get him out of the game, you know, five, six minutes into the first quarter, and we'll see where we go from there. But, and I think Jokic can do that because, like you say, he put up per 75 possessions um, against Portland, he put up over 35 points on 50, 40, 90 shooting. Like he is an elite, elite playoff player. And there's no, and Phoenix aren't going to stop him now. Like he's, he's really by far to me. He's really good, man. He's, he, yeah. he's by, like, <laughs> by far. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you're Jacob. You're right, man. I mean, it, it sounds like a really, 
weird thing to sort of for the series to hinge upon, but I really do th- agree, man. Aiton's just got to stay on the floor because that shit I'm talking about, like his, you know, what he provides for the Phoenix offense and how much he opens that up with his with his lob catching ability. Like, yeah, if he's off the floor and that shit goes away, then all of a sudden Denver might be able to do a pretty good job on them. Uh, yeah. So it's it and it, it, it's on both ends. And yeah, so if he's out, they can't guard Jokic even remotely. He'll go hog wild. And then yeah. on the other end, the Phoenix offense really becomes hampered without him. Uh, it's tough, man. It's tough trying to contain contain Jokic and, and not foul mm-hmm. him. And how about, um, but, how about, you know what, just just shout out to some of these young guys too, man. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to Devin Booker. I mean, if only he played for Team USA. I mean, man, he'd be he'd be a lot better than what he was. But you can handle double teams. Yeah. But look at that, uh, you know, the the Luka draft class. I know everyone loves to talk about Luka, buddy. I mean, DeAndre Ayton has been putting up numbers. I mean, I know we're, we're recording this on a Sunday and the Atlanta Philly game's going on. Atlanta's up by 20 right now and Trey Young is just going off. You know, we got Trey, Luka, like the league is – this is, the league is in a good place, and that 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 draft class. I mean, at least the the, the top half of it or the top five. They've been they've been uh, they've been balling out. But hey, guys, did you know that coming up that Father's Day is coming up? Did you guys know that? I'm as, as a father, I'm well aware. I'm I'm, re- I'm looking forward to it, <laughs> Jacob. You will, you will be a father Sorry. soon enough, and you'll you'll get all the little <laughs> little cool stuff that comes with it. But Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for a hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The Lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with promo code OVERSTATED at manscaped.com. So I got to tell you, I got a confession for you guys. I got to tell you guys something. So we got sent this Lawnmower 4.0, and I was a little bit skeptical at first. I like the other one. It, it just, it was, I didn't, I didn't felt like I didn't get enough time with the other one. So I said, here's what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. I'm going to let it, I'm going to let it grow out down there. I let it grow out. I let it grow out. I waited for the perfect time. It was like 95 degrees yesterday. I'm like, I can't, I, this is a, this is a sign that I need to, that I need to shave down here. So I got the lawnmower 4.0 out. I started charging it in the morning by afternoon. I was like, all right, I'm going to jump in the shower. It's time. This thing is awesome. And let me tell you why it's awesome. The guard, the guards on there. It's fantastic, man, because, you know, sometimes you shave down there. You don't want to look like a bald eagle. You want, you want to look like you're, like, 13. You got to have something a little manly. Put the guard on there. It was awesome. My balls feel amazing. Spectacular. There's just it's, – it's beautiful. It was a smooth edge down there. You don't have to worry about no nicks, nothing. It is awesome, dude. I love this lawnmower 4.0. I love the light on it. You can take it in the shower. There's wireless charging. This thing is awesome. My balls are thanking me today because it's just, it's fantastic. I cannot say enough good things about it. It's fantastic. So again, you get 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code overstated. Don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, show your original home some love with Manscaped. <laughs> on, you guys, that lawnmower 4.0 is fantastic. Fantastic. I love it. Brett, I know you love it. Jacob, I know you love it, dude. It's awesome, man. I got I got some from my dad. It's fantastic. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it is. It's the definition of a great gift. Like it just, it's uh, it's just smooth, it's got, man. It's like got I'm great, excited, great I'm gift excited to shave up. my balls now. It's awesome. It's awesome. I mean, I'm obviously not going to let it grow. I mean, it was it, it it was bad down there. It was it was way too hairy for my liking, but I wanted. To, I no, wanted it has made it has made that an infinitely more pleasant experience. Yeah. It is. Yes, it's it awesome. Has. I love it. I freaking love it. It's fantastic. All right. So 
Uh, all right. We did this last night. I guess we got to do it over again. Let's talk about uh, the, the, <laughs> the other series um, that is going to be playing on Monday night when this drops. Uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee. I think uh, we all saw what happened yesterday. I mean, Kevin Durant, he's just – sometimes I just – he's just not there. You know, I, I said it on, on our uh, Zoom on Friday night with everybody that I, I think he's – when healthy, he's the best player in the NBA. I mean, he's just – He's just unbelievable. Um, James Harden went out within the first 45 seconds of the game. He he actually had to go get an MRI on his hamstring. I I mean, Brett, we, we were talking about this last night. I don't know if he'll be back in this series. I, I obviously I, I if, doubt you, it. if you're Brooklyn, you, you want James Harden out there, but they you know, they they seemed okay yesterday, and I thought Chris Middleton played very badly. I mean, it was a testament to Game one against Miami. I mean, I think Milwaukee that was right around seventeen percent from three. Um, Giannis, some of the stuff. I, I really thought Milwaukee should have just gone inside, inside, and beat them up. They shot seventy percent, I think, from from inside the paint yesterday. So, Jacob, I mean, we'll start with you. I I believe you kind of picked Milwaukee to uh, to win it all here, even with the James Harden injury to Brooklyn. What are your thoughts after Game one, and how do you see this series going? Well, yeah, luckily, um, I was up quite late last night. I, I was able to watch the first half. And then during the halftime ads, I was falling asleep because it was like two in the morning. So I didn't get to see what happened. But they were, I believe, the Bucks were down two. Yes. But in the first half, like, I still think that uh, Milwaukee are my pick. Like, even after losing. And if James Harden's out, then this series could be over in six, honestly. I, I, I think that um, Middleton and Drew Holiday probably aren't going to play much worse shooting-wise than they did in um, game one. Like, I think it was 20% from three overall. Like, I I worry a little bit about Giannis as we get into these kind of series where they're, you know, both sides are super tactically um, engaged. Giannis... Like they, Brooklyn were able to build a wall, and some, for some reason, Blake Griffin looked pretty big out there against Giannis in the paint. Like that, that kind of scared me a bit. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but I at the same time, um, Milwaukee killed Brooklyn on the boards, and they will probably shoot pretty well. And I don't expect Blake Griffin to shoot as well as he did. Again, realistically, Joe Harris as well. He could go off again, but I don't expect him to shoot that well again. But at the same time, I expect Kyrie and Durant to shoot probably a bit better than they did. And their offense really looked like it was humming along, whereas uh, Milwaukee's was quite disjointed, I thought. Their offense. Um, I like, you know, I like Milwaukee still in this series. And I think. I trust Milwaukee to take this series with James Harden out. I'm pretty sure about that. God, I hope you're right. But God, this Brooklyn team right. is this this Brooklyn team is so deadly, though. It's so so deadly. Like it's been said to death, but for me, these are probably the two best teams in the league going at it in the conference semifinals. I'm. I do think whoever wins this series will probably smoke the winner of Philly Atlanta. Assuming Embiid is, you know, a bit hobbled and Philly aren't playing as well as they were in the regular season, this to me feels like the NBA Finals, and I'm 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 worried because Brooklyn are so so deadly, but I'd still I'm riding with with the Milwaukee Bucks. 
your boys, Steve. I'm riding with them. Well, you know, it, I, Brett and I were talking, and Brett, I want to get your thoughts here in a minute. But like, it, it just seemed like all the adjustments Milwaukee made in that Miami series, and you're like, all right, it just seems like they just reverted back to same old Milwaukee in the playoffs that we've seen the last couple of years. And, and Draymond Green had a really interesting tweet because um, he was obviously watching the game. And he said, if the Bucks want to win this series, they have to go away from the Giannis pick and roll as the handler. It's too predictable in a seven game series against a team with equal or more talent. They have not done a good job of putting him in positions to be successful in the playoffs. So like I, mm-hmm. well, I agree, mm-hmm. I agree with him. The second part of that though, is I don't know. I want to be as I don't know if Giannis knows how to do that. You know what I mean? Like I think like he sees Blake Griffin on him and he wants to play one on one all the time and, and go to the hole or you know shoot these fadeaway jumpers. He he's still he's still not letting the game come to him. And, and speaking of Blake Griffin, I mean, I thought he was the difference last night. I I really did. I mean, he was hustling all over the floor, diving for loose balls, and he killed Milwaukee. I mean, he. He absolutely destroyed him, and he. I mean, honestly, as you said, Jacob, it was a close game in that first half, and Blake Griffin was a was a big reason why because of that. So, Brett, what does the Harden issue do for Brooklyn? I mean, Kyrie would Kyrie got it going yesterday. Kevin Durant. Every time Milwaukee kind of made a run in that second half, Kevin Durant just had a dagger three pointer. I mean, what if you're Brooklyn and and Katie and Kyrie? We'll get to the minutes thing in a little bit for from on Milwaukee side at least. They played a lot of minutes last night. How do you see that going forward in, as the series goes on? Is that going to affect them? Where does Brooklyn go from here? Yeah, I mean, as far as the Harden thing, like I wouldn't expect him back anytime too soon just based on like the nature of hamstring injuries. Like Maybe if it goes six or seven, he'd come back, come back for one of those. But I, I'm shocked. I'd be shocked if he's, if he's back uh, in these next few games. So I think we're probably going to be seeing them without him. But it's like, this Brooklyn team's interesting because we've seen kind of almost every combination of like their three stars. Like we've seen some, you know, some KD and Harden, some Harden and Kyrie without KD, like some now we're seeing Kyrie and Durant without Harden, like uh, which we which we saw a lot toward the end of the regular season as well. So um, but I was thinking about it, like, is there a better duo in the NBA than Kyrie and Durant right now? Like a better uh, I don't know, big man. two, I, I, I'd I say. Know. I'd say Harden and Durant are probably a better right, but not two. counting Harden because he's like you know what I mean. Like say yeah. say let's not count Harden, but like it, yeah. is there? I mean, maybe arguably, but I'm just saying like even just those two is like arguably the best big two in the league, especially if we're talking about Durant as the league's best player and Kyrie. I mean, the level he's playing on right now is is pretty spectacular. So obviously, yeah. there's still a very potent offense. Um, Shout out to Mike James as well. I think he was in he addition to Blake Griffin. I, he was the other big mm-hmm. X factor for them. And I don't know if we can expect another game like that from him or from Blake going forward. But uh, that that I do think that made the difference. I think the other thing is like if if Middleton and Bryn Forbes have even average shooting games, I think the Bucks probably win that game. But they were just you know Bryn was invisible and and Middleton obviously had a pretty horrendous uh, showing offensively you know namely shooting so you know I think if those guys have even average games they probably win that game. Well, um, here's the here's the other thing though, man. Like I'm I'm a pretty like I like Coach Bud and I've defended him a lot um, because I I'm just a big proponent of you know players eventually got to play like coaches can put you in the best situation to succeed but players they, you got to play and you got to show up. And I thought yesterday Chris Middleton 
mean, he that was one of the worst playoff games I've seen him play. Uh, I I just didn't think the Bucks looked prepared. But some of the stuff, man, it, like the starting unit. Like I got some stats for you, Jacob. I think you'll appreciate this. The Bucks starting <laughs> unit yesterday played under 13 minutes together and outscored the Nets by three. 13 minutes those starters played, and with Dante out, they started. It was Giannis, Chris, Drew, Brooke, and PJ Tucker. Here's the other stat that is that kept me up a little bit last night. And the, the Goldschlager was going down very smooth last night. <laughs> Giannis, Brooke, Drew, and Chris, they were plus six in 14 minutes tonight. 14 minutes is all they played together. Like that is crazy to me. And, and I don't know how the minutes thing is going to work with Brooklyn going forward. I do think that's something to watch, especially with someone like KD. I mean, they, they, they played over 40 minutes yesterday, but man, dude, but it's like, Boone, come on, man. Like, did we not learn nothing these last two years? Like, it just, I just, I don't understand it. You know, Giannis, I think, played 35 minutes or would have played 35 minutes if it was. I mean, the game got out of hand in the halfway through the fourth quarter. But, I yeah. mean, you got play these guys. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to see every time Jeff Teague and Pat Connaughton are out there, like, I, I just cringe. Because, I mean, dude, they're, Kyrie, he, he blew by Jeff Teague numerous times. Like I have mm-hmm. no idea why Jeff Teague is even even in these games, and I, I'm just it's just it's just frustrating, man. Because I, I do think that Milwaukee has su- they have such a good shot, and you know Harden leaves within like I said 47 seconds of that game. You almost have to win that game, and like I said, man, the Bucks look like they just they look like a team that had a week and a half off, and they just were completely unprepared. Yeah, they, they mm-hmm. looked a little – they just looked a step slow, man. Like their rotations defensively, especially like in the fourth where I think they got it to within 10 and it was like, all right, maybe this is kind of their last chance to come back. And then Brooklyn just buried them with like I think a couple of Joe Harris triples, maybe a KD triple as well. And it's just like they were just zipping the ball around the perimeter and and Milwaukee was just a step behind on their rotations. And it's like, you know what, man? It's game one. Win or lose, you make adjustments. And uh, that's what they're going to do. If it wasn't game one, if they looked like this in game five or something, I'd be really concerned. But uh, it's game one. It's it's in Brooklyn. Um, I I don't think anybody should be panicking right now. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they win game two on on Monday night. Uh, What do you think about this with Giannis? Like just watching that. And he had, you know, statistically, he had a great game. He almost always does. But I wouldn't say he was he was bad at all. But like the way that they're guarding him with Blake, just playing off him like that. I just wish Giannis could pull up from mm-hmm. 16 feet consistently yeah. and just knock that down. Like, because that's the shot they're giving him. Like, we don't want him shooting threes, obviously. If we look at his three-point percentage overall in these playoffs, it's dreadful. Um, we, we None of us want him shooting threes, right? But it's like but, – but we also – I don't like when he – just has to get to the rim. Like he he gets into that in-between space, that mid-range, and he never opts for the mid-range jumper or even just to stop, fake it, pass out. You know, like it's always like once I get inside of the three-point line, I'm going to the hole. And like Blake gave him some trouble with that because Blake, say what you want about him, but one thing he is is stout. He's mm-hmm. a he's a thick dude. He's kind of a wall in himself. And um he, I think he did just enough to slow Giannis down. Even though Giannis ended up having a big game statistically, I think he did just enough to slow him down to really throw the whole Milwaukee offense out of rhythm. That's kind of Giannis's weakness is like that mid-range decision-making area. Yeah, um, I, I would agree. Yeah, and Jacob, yeah. I want to get your thoughts on that too. But I just think like he doesn't – he still doesn't let the game come to him in, in like certain areas. Like I, I said it a week ago. Brooke Lopez to me is the most, I would feed him almost every possession down the court. 
and just and he doesn't it doesn't have to be you know uh, a layup he doesn't have to look to score every single time but I would just give it to him down low and see what happens you know he can always kick out he's an excellent passer like he's a really smart high IQ player and in the Miami series like they had Giannis in the dunker spot almost all the time like in this series like he's bringing mm-hmm. the ball up the court he's got the ball at the top of the key it's just like I, I've seen this story before and it doesn't end well I, I just like it just it, it really really frustrates me to no end but Jacob what are you what are your thoughts on what Brett just said there no, I I saw a lot of that to me. That was one of the things that stuck out was how thick Blake looked and how stout he looked. Whenever, like you say, kind of Giannis gets to like just before the free throw line, he has to make that decision. At some points he was pulling up, but it's it's a Giannis jumper. You live with that. But at other times he gets to the hole. And like you say, Blake is a wall. He is a stout body down there. He is able to body up with Giannis and they can rotate. Like KD can rotate from the corner and they can just kind of smother it. And Giannis, he's not a Jokic, he's not a Luka or a LeBron, where if, if you do that, he is going to kill you. He's going to, you know, find the open shooter. He will do that occasionally, but he's not that strong of a playmaker to be able to do that. He just has to get to the rim, and that's his only real offensive weapon. Like, he's just a blunt tool. And I worry that, like, we, like we're seeing here, yes, he can put up, you know, 30-plus points in a game, but he's not really making his teammates that much better. Exactly. And he's not well, really he, working in the flow of the offense. He, he had four assists and five turnovers. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm saying is like, yeah, he's going to get his, but like that you want to put him in that position where he has to make a decision because a lot of the time he doesn't. And I agree with you, Steve, like he doesn't always let the game come to him. And I agree, man, about Brooke, like and just size in general. And that's – and based on the lineup that they threw out there that you named, starting P.J. Tucker, you know, ahead of mm-hmm. Pat Connaughton or whoever, um, they went big. And and on paper, that is by far their biggest advantage against Brooklyn is their sheer size. They're so much bigger, so much stronger. But then as the game unfolds, it's like, why aren't you taking advantage of this more? They did in the first um, – and, and they did in the first quarter. You, you saw – They the- did early, yeah. But after just- that, but after that, it's like they wanted to trade – <sighs> they wanted to trade shots with Brooklyn. It's like, man, you, they just – they got into that – you could just you could just tell the way that the game was going. Like the second quarter came, Brooklyn kind of went on a run there because Milwaukee – obviously Milwaukee, they couldn't – they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat. I mean, that's how bad they were <laughs> shooting-wise. But it's like, dude I- – Go up to the hole. Like, it, it drove me nuts yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And I and just to point out, like, like, like you pointed out, Steve, uh, towards like the end of the third, start of the fourth, it got away from Milwaukee a little bit. And, you know, they started to, you know, the game opened up. They seemed to kind of capitulate a little bit. But I really don't like this. Like, this seemed, this is kind of missing the point that, you know, offensive ratings in this playoff are 115. The overall offensive rating, like a 10, 15 point deficit is nothing in 2021. You can make that up in like four minutes, four possessions. You can close a 15 point deficit to like three or five. I don't understand why coaches are seeing this like, oh shit, we're down 15. You know, don't throw in, you know, only play Drew and Chris and Giannis 36 minutes, save them for future games like there is no reason those three guys are not playing 40 minutes this I, game there's absolutely man. no reason you 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 have to and it's just like yeah 
personally, like we were, we were talking about this last playoff. If, if, if Milwaukee moment. loses this series, Jordan Holzer is not the coach anymore. Like that's, I think that that's 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 pretty crystal clear. I mean, this team is is, is ready to rock and roll. It's just, man, they just, yeah, they do some weird things, man. Like I don't understand, like like how, I don't know, man. Like I would be Brook Lopez should be feasting, and I think he needs to feast even more. Like I thought, I thought he had a great game yesterday. I thought the starters played well. Like why? You wouldn't play them more than than what did I say like thirteen minutes or something like that? It's just yeah, it's it's just that's crazy to me, man. I I, I just it's it's I don't get it. Um, I, I don't think well, Steve, I, go ahead. One last thing, you brought up an interesting point last night on the on the Zoom call where you're saying how Harden going down in the first minute of the game actually might have thrown off Milwaukee well, quite yeah, a bit you, because you, obviously they were game planning against them and he may have been their number one priority for all we know. And then all of a sudden he's out and it's like, you know, you'd think that's a good thing um, for Milwaukee, but like that may have thrown them off, you know, in terms of their game plan. And, and all of a sudden they have to scramble and okay, well now Giannis is going to, you know, we're going to put him on KD now or something or like, you know, it, it just like that lineup that they ran out there with PJ Tucker was probably based on the assumption that Harden was going to be well, playing yeah, the full game tough, because he was healthy. Like the first minute, the, like obviously Harden barely played, but you know, they had they had Giannis on Kyrie, which I did not see coming. I thought that was interesting. They had PJ on Durant, and they actually had Drew on Harden. So it just, it, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm not trying to make an excuse. Like obviously, like Brooklyn, they kicked our ass, but I do think it, it messed with them a little bit. Like their rotations last night were. It was the worst we've seen in the playoffs. I mean, they're they couldn't like um, Bryn Forbes. It, uh, Pat Connaughton is on Blake Griffin, and Bryn Forbes is coming to double team Blake Griffin. Like what? I, and Blake Griffin is like by the three point line. Like what are you doing? Like it was just. Yeah. And I think yeah. that especially with if Harden's going to be out this entire series, you don't have to take Brook Lopez off the floor. I, I think it would have been tough for um, Lopez to be on there, especially with those three guys in the game, but like you, you can kind of hide Brooke a little bit. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just threw that out there because it seemed like I just couldn't believe how bad their defense was. You know, I, I knew Brooklyn was going to get theirs, but even there was at least five to six possessions in that game where Milwaukee was just behind, you know, just a step slow on every single rotation. And yep. know, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. Brooklyn made him pay. And, you know, we talked about last night, like you can't, you could shoot. Here comes the ricochet shot. Sorry, uh, Miami sheet fans, but you could shoot three <laughs> against Miami and still win. Like that's that's not a problem. You cannot do that against this team. Like you no. you, you have to be better. And, and you know, to Giannis's point, and we'll, we'll kind of we can kind of end it here. You know, there was a, a situation Jacob in that game, and, and I think it was it was either the end of the third quarter or the start of the fourth quarter where Milwaukee's kind of making a little bit of a run. I think they get it in in within ten, as you alluded to earlier, Brett. And Giannis gets fouled on a dunk and he misses it. So he's got to go to the free throw. He's got to go to the free throw line. He misses two free throws. Brooklyn comes right back down. Kyrie three, KD layup, and he's like, "That's the shit, yep. man that I that I've been talking about for two years. Like that's that's a five point swing in a huge game where you could have had two points. You cut the lead to like seven or eight, and you know that's to me that's when the game was over. That's when I was like, "All right, well they, they ain't coming back from this one." So I mean, free throws doing the little <laughs> things. I think I do think Monday is a must win game though. You have to. If you can get out of Brooklyn with a split at the end of the day, man, yeah, you lost by by fifteen or I think the final score was even closer than that. But I mean, they were they were down pretty much in that fourth. But yeah, it was only eight the final score, but it, it was more like a fifteen point game, you know. And yeah, uh, 
I mean, what did you think about the? Did you see that they had the ten second countdown on the jumbotron awesome. while Giannis was shooting free throws? Awesome. <laughs> oh my awesome. god! What a, what a simple, obvious, and brilliant way to sort of fuck with him while he's shooting free throws. Because then it. you get the crowd counting down every time, and it just you yeah. know getting his head. Hey, it was over three. I mean, I guess it it certainly didn't hurt them um, or didn't yeah. hurt Brooklyn. But uh, and and man, I, I, do you think we're gonna see? Like kind of what Draymond was saying, I think he was dead right about that too. Like I think we need to see Giannis off ball and um, a lot more. And I I, I expect that I think that's an obvious adjustment to make, and I I have to think we're going to see it in game two, and that that could be huge. But yeah, we just I don't think against this team it makes a lot of sense having Giannis as sort of the primary ball handler in, in the pick and rolls. Um, let's yeah, let's see him as the screener. Let's see him posting up. Let's see him off ball. Let's see him cutting. Um, I, I just think you have to do that, especially when you have guys like Middleton and Drew that are that excel, you know, mm-hmm. with the ball in their hands. So I think that's an obvious well, adjustment. And, and I hope that we see it. As a Bucks fan, that was the most frustrating thing because in Miami they did that. They let right. Chris and Drew cook, mm-hmm. and in this game, like I don't know, like again, man, like I, I, that's why I just think having Blake Griffin on Giannis, I'm hoping he can make an adjustment in Game Two. Just fucked with his head in Game One, where he's like. All right, I gotta torch. I gotta try to torch this guy every chance that I get when he's on me, and like he just forced way too much of the action. I thought, like like you said, it was a thirty points isn't empty. You know what I mean? But it's just like he he got his, and he didn't really get everybody else involved, and it was just it was just I don't know. I, I just think he he played right into Brooklyn's hands. I thought at least. Yeah, I mean, this is going to keep happening though. While he's not developing those off ball skills in the regular season as much as he should be. And he's still trying to go, you know, go to the basket in the playoffs like he is without these auxiliary passing and shooting skills. This is going to keep happening, man. Giannis is, uh, like, man, I'm with so you guys. Nice, and I've been, I've he's been, not an offensive number one. Now. What if he played like Aiton? Like what if he just yeah. like in this season, what if they're just like you're Aiton and Drew is Chris Paul? Like that, those kind of roles, like where you're, you're setting screens, you're rolling to the rim, you're catching lobs. You can do that better than anybody. You're popping out a little bit and then making your maybe one step move to the rim, like doing like being a better version of Aiton. Like what's wrong with that? Like, yeah, I think they should sort of mimic that, that Phoenix offense a little bit, at least in this series. Like you don't, now obviously Giannis has a lot more skills than Aiton with the ball, but like you don't see Aiton dribbling the ball up and like setting up the offense. Like I just think Giannis in certain matchups needs to be looked at as, as a true big Um, because he can play that role. He's not like what really separates him from eight and other than like the ball handling, like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's a weird comparison to make, but I'm just saying for instance, like, uh, you know, an elite sort of a rim running lob catching big, like, God, could, would Giannis be willing to take on that role? I feel like he could thrive and it, you know, at least in this matchup, because I think that would, you know, play to their, their advantage for sure. I agree. I think, I think it's always a, it's a, it's a poison you fall into where you think Giannis, he can handle the ball. He can make some reads. He, he is a pretty good playmaker. So we want him to do that. And it's like, just because you can do something doesn't mean it's the winning strategy yes. to have your player do right. that. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's like, you know, why, like, it's like saying you'd have like Clay Thompson handling the ball. It's like, yeah, maybe, you know, if Clay had a bit more passing chops, you'd be like, yeah, maybe he can run secondary units. But it's like, no, but his, extremely strong skill set is running around screens and shooting so that's what we want him to do that's the winning play even if he has these extra skills we want him doing what he's best at the same with Giannis we kind of fall into this like he can be the primary ball handler he can run the pick and roll and it's like yeah he can but maybe that maybe you can't win like that 
Maybe you know that's what his best strategy. skill is, honestly, is dunking. Like yeah. dunking on people. Like that's what Giannis does best. And that's what he does better than anybody in the NBA by far. He will dunk on your head. And I don't think they always put him in uh, the the ideal, the optimal position to do that. And I think that's what they're going to need to look at, especially against a team like Brooklyn, where you have such a size advantage, especially when they don't have Jeff Green, they don't have Harden, they're incredibly shallow. I mean, they have, they're more shallow than the Bucks, I think right now in, in their current state. So like, I think you just got to, you just got to beat them up. Like we keep God, saying, please, and I think dude, uh, just fucking, you know, win this fucking series so I can not have a heart attack. <laughs> I had about five <laughs> yesterday, but that, that, that's, that's going to do it for us. Um, just so you guys know, um, Atlanta's up by 20 and they've made 13 threes in the first half. They're legit. They, they scored yeah. 74 yeah. points. No, just just uh, some fun points. Atlanta, do we think Doc Rivers is going to make adjustments? Because I'm kind of worried if they find out they can't stop Trey Young, Doc Rivers is going to figure that out like three games too late. Well, they <laughs> How ugly is it right now? I, I turned it off. I had it on, but I felt myself Trey, getting distracted, so I turned it Trey, off. Trey has <laughs> 25 points, 8 for 13, 4 for 7 from 3, 7 assists, and 2 steals. Woo! Wow. So, yeah, Philly can't really stop him. No, oh, they he gonna... might be the kind of guy, like, we're at what like, What if what Danny if there's nothing to do? Danny Green yeah. was, they, they started Danny Green on Trey Young to start the game. Tobias Harris yeah. tried guarding him for a little bit. It's uh, dude, he's 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 fucking oh, killing everybody. It's good, good for him, man. But hey, everybody, go to manscape.com today. Promo code overstated. You get twenty percent off. Free shipping. Cannot beat that deal. Your balls will thank you. Treat your balls like you treat your fam. Wait, uh, I don't know if you want to treat them how you treat your family, but treat them how you treat your girl, man, or treat them how you treat whoever, whatever you're doing. Or your best friend. Make sure they're nice. Make sure they're clean. Make sure they're trimmed up pretty good. For myself, Brett and Jacob. That's going to do it for us. Bucks and six. We'll see you guys next time.